Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then meanwhile, it's like, I'm trying and failing to explain blood types to Van Helsing because I don't understand it all that well and I don't have internet in the past. So I'm just like, look, it's just some of the, sometimes the blood doesn't play well with others, okay? What do you mean it's letters? <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. I am Blue, and I'm joined by Red. The last time we were on this recording platform, we had a lot more people on, and the whole thing (laughs) crashed. (laughs) It worked great until it didn't. Um, I'm still astounded that the only time our Macbeth recording broke was during our final sword fight confrontation. Like, I couldn't keep saying the actual name of the show instead of the Scottish play. If you don't consider your home a theater, you're going to fall to superstition. It's just what happens. Look, we already put it up at this point. Like, (laughs) I dare God to ruin my day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, But yes, if you missed it, uh, spoiler alert for one of the videos we'll be discussing later. But for our second Halloween special, uh, this this podcast is just going to be about the videos we did for Halloween, uh, which is pretty, pretty it's cool. A very um, spooky podcast, which we're recording one day after Halloween. Yeah, the spookiest we all thing of all being late. <laughs> yes, all is it? I All Saints Day followed by All Souls Day. I uh, believe that's correct. Yes. So this is All Souls Day, which I think would be spookier than All Saints Day, right? Well, no. This hold on. Hold um, on. Please hold. <laughs> uh, November first is All Saints one. Day. November 2nd Second is, is All Souls Day. Day. This is the content that you come to us. Well, perfect. No that means that this for. is going to go up on All Souls Day, the spookiest possible day for a Halloween podcast to oh, go up on. Tuesday. Oh, my God. Can we can we start over? Absolutely <laughs> not. So. so uh, this is. We this hope you're all having a great time. Clunkiest intro we've ever put to paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we put it to paper, maybe we'd be having a little bit less of a hard time with it. Uh, what makes but... good content than the sounds of like slowly hammering in keys into Google <laughs> to figure out which holiday that neither of us celebrate uh, today is? <laughs> Very slowly googling. Uh, oh boy. Uh, but yes. So. We've we've had a, a fun couple weeks just kind of doing all the Halloween specials, uh, all all yeah. the spooky biz. I to to go wildly off topic on the Good. the vague subject of religion, Catholicism, <gasps> Italy. I didn't mention on the last podcast because we had uh, Armando as our guest, but I was in Italy with Cyan for a week in early October. Yeah, I haven't actually like tweeted any pictures or anything because <laughs> I'm lazy uh and i'm trying to get this one video on rome done so that's kind of been my priority <laughs> i'm like uh I'll, I'll tweet now i hate twitter never mind um and now i i only feel validated but uh we went to italy uh we went to florence and padova and venice and we did get to actually go see the doge's palace in person like yeah. that i was promising from the video last year so that was a super super fun time it had been like eight years since i'd been in Venice, um, eight years since I'd been in Padova, uh, three years since I was last in Florence, and it's it's still still super fun. It was actually genuinely cool to see Venice kind of coming back to life because obviously with like COVID and stuff, but mm-hmm. they got rid of the cruise ships. So now mm. people like actually stay in the city and like eat meals and exist. Oh. It's like it's actually like really wholesome to see. There's not like a spike of busyness at noon and then it's a ghost town in the evening it's like it's actually like people are actually like here now this is kind of cool so anyway um i i had a really good time and i i i could make this whole podcast about italy and there are other episodes where i did but i just wanted to have it out there um because it was uh because it was a fun time in sign and i uh really were able to enjoy it a lot yeah oh that's so cool um I remember you've you've definitely like given me the spiel about like cruise ships being the absolute bane of Venice's existence because like if your city's whole gimmick is that it's very slowly sinking something that displaces a very large amount of water <laughs> is not something you want in your harbor. No, 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 no. <laughs> Venice is like, sinking. We want to make it like, sink but, faster. <laughs> but also, I'm drowning, and it's just like. <laughs> um, so yeah, having that, uh, having those be moved to. Not like right, you know, curbside to St. Mark's Square is uh, is is great all around. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff still to do, a lot of things um, still to be implemented. Um, but it, it's cool to kind of like have been back to Venice um, after so many years and be like, oh, it's it's nature's not healed, but like it's it's it's, it's maybe starting to heal. So. <laughs> it's doing okay. It's, it's yeah. doing its best. Yeah, but uh, 
No Venice videos yet. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. But that's not yeah. That, that's not the point of this podcast today. Red, yeah. take us to Scandinavia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, it feels like an eternity ago because of all the stuff that we had to do in the last week. But uh, about two weeks ago. Uh, I finished a video that had haunted my existence for about two years, uh, the very last of the Patreon-requested videos from before we changed how our tier structuring works, uh, the saga of Grettir the Strong, or the Grettis saga, depending on who you ask and how Scandinavian you are. Um, <laughs> so that was, a, that was a fun one, and I'll be honest, it outperformed uh, all of my wildest dreams for this thing, because I, I've said before that uh, I've observed that if I do a video about a subject that most people know about, that's like a household name, you know, like Perseus, Medea, you know, the big Greek uh, heroes and stuff like that, people pay it a lot of attention. But if it's a more niche folktale, oftentimes kind of slides under the radar performs a little below the curve. So I was like, I'm putting out like a 10 minute video about an Icelandic saga that about five people on earth have read and I'm friends with three of them. So let's see <laughs> how this goes. Two of them liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it, it, it did good. It's like sitting at like number two. I, I don't actually remember. Hold on. What? What? Oh yes. The lampshading video uh, beat oh, it in the yeah. number one spot, but no, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was fun. It was very spooky uh, and uh, had a sufficient amount of ghost wrestling to be exciting. The problem <laughs> was uh, the reading of it. Um, it. My attention span has never been the best. Uh, a big part of my impetus for even doing the channel the way I do it is because I didn't have an inroad for a lot of the texts I had to read for school. And this gave me an approach to them that let me actually kind of get my hooks into it. And when I summarize them that way, a lot of people with similar brains to mine, we're like, oh my God, finally, like this actually works. It's not like an endless slog, like a tar pit. Um, <laughs> I can see the Matrix where the Matrix is enjoying the book. <laughs> yes, uh, and full disclosure for the Gretis saga, I think I read the first four chapters and then I skipped ahead to Gretir's birth. That's how rough it was on me. <laughs> um, Cause it was I, like, there's there's just stuff about his like, his grandpa, something tree foot. And, like, how they had a fight with some pirates and his leg got cut off and then they did some other stuff. And it's like, he's not ever showing up again. <laughs> I think his sword is referenced, but it's it's not even interesting. And then here gets a different sword anyway. Because <laughs> the thing is, it's not written like a story with, you know pacing and copy editing instead it's written like the entire life and times of some guy so cool things do happen but they don't happen very often so when i was reading through it it would be like oh and then he spent this season with this guy and then he left and he spent this season with this guy and then he met a funny guy and his horse and they hung out for a little while and then he met spent this season with that guy and it's like okay all right cool um yeah i the the thing with with the sagas from what admittedly very little that I've read of them is, you know, for all the, the complaints we've seen of like, oh, you know, I've tried to read the classics, like the Iliad and the Odyssey, but it's so slow. It's like, <laughs> you oh, think buddy, you know slow? Up. You can just uh, skip the episode, uh, the chapter of the Iliad where they list the boats. You can skip it. It's fine. You can't yeah. skip <laughs> the entire saga of Grettir. The, the, the culture that produced the sagas, read to your point, was not focused on what makes the snappiest and best paced stories. It's, it was a thing this person did and therefore it is of critical importance that we write it down and give it just as much page time as yeah. every other thing that happens. And I will say, you know, for, for how frustrated I got, like this is an incredibly valuable genealogical resource for the people of Iceland because Iceland's yeah. population isn't enormous. It's like about 300,000 people. So when Gretir passed that much in views, I was like, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, That's people... how I felt when my Malta video got higher than the population of Malta. <laughs> it's a unique feeling. Um, yeah. But when uh, the person who requested this uh, was in the comments of the video and uh, someone was like, do you know if you're related to Gretir? And he was like, I checked the Icelandic genealogical database and uh, his, like, great-grandpa is my, like, great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpa. And it's like, oh, yeah, because these were, like, real historical people with families and, like, lineages and descendants or relatives <laughs> that are still alive in Iceland today. And yeah. that's that's buck wild. And, like, that's insane. Well, I'm sure you need to do some sifting through to be like, all right, let's, let's assume that the ghost wrestling was probably metaphorical at most. <laughs> let's, let's, what, what like tangible, definitely real things can we filter out? And it's like, who's related to who? What family feuds were like 
you know, who was butting heads, who killed whose grandpa and who got exiled at which thing at what year. And like, it's not the, you know, it's not the most snappy read, but there's a ton of incredibly important, just like archaeological and anthropological information in here to, for someone who isn't me to sift through and find all cool stuff in there. Yeah, I I think one thing that we can easily forget being outside observers to usually an ancient, usually, usually dead culture is, you know, oh, this was written for entertainment value or this was told for entertainment value. So they Mm -hmm. constructed in such a way as to be like quick and snappy and bright and, and for, you know, casual consumption. But the purpose of this was that this was you know, our, their identity and everything that is in this story is there to create an identity for the people who are listening to it. So, you know, Iliad and Odyssey was to create an identity for the Greeks out of the Bronze Age after that whole society collapsed. And then here it's like the point of these sagas is to create and preserve a sense of place of people, of families, of events, where it's like, you know, you can do saga tours in Iceland because they t- said where everything happened. They said where it's everything so happened. Cool. Yeah. So being able to actually, like, do that kind of stuff is truly, absolutely one of the most wild things that we can do with, like, European literature is actually yep. find, like, pinpoint families down to, to stuff from, like, just barely post-Christianization. That is wild it's very interesting yeah and then in the meantime i can go through and be like and this part is cool and this part is cool and this part is cool and we're done uh (laughs) i I remember when when we were working on on the video you were like okay i think i think for halloween this makes sense blue Mm -hmm. can you cut this down for me because i I wrote it to like seven pages i'd really like for it to be five and i'm like yeah no i got you so yeah yeah i I was too close to it there were whole paragraphs i was like well it's important that this specific detail get the context it deserves and you were like ha ha so. <laughs> so I was just like, so this is a long thing. Yeah, no, he kills a bear next. Yeah. <laughs> the bear killing story was pretty cool, but yeah, it didn't de- it didn't deserve that much screen time. And the fact that it only has one frame in the video, I think that was the right amount of frames for it. Because yeah. all the details of like, oh, the, the cave was inconveniently located, so they had to like sidle along the, the cliffside and Grettir invented the Wiimote strap to hold his sword <laughs> while he, he sidled over. And then he wrestled the bear and sliced off its paw and they fell down the cliff. And then he went and, and rubbed it in Bjorn's smug face. And then later he killed him about it. The end. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. This this really needed the full paragraph. And it's like, no, he, he, he killed the bear. bear. The end. <laughs> I think we cut out some of the people he just fully killed, too. Like a lot oh, of yeah. those. He, he got into an argument. Yeah. He did his thing. You know, somebody insulted him or his dad. He killed him. You know how it is. Yeah. Bjorn's first appearance, I, I think, I don't know if it's the way that it ends up in the video, but I wrote it as a guy. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot more names in my script and you were like, a dude. A guy, <laughs> a person, and it's just like, yeah. yeah, that's that's what this needed. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a fun video, and I'm glad uh, it ended up working out as well as it did because I've been staring at it for I think way too long. Um, <laughs> yeah, like drawing it out, I was like, I can I can punch this up with visual gags and, and dialogue, but the process of reading it and then sifting through my like 15 pages of notes to try and find you know, a script in there was, it It was not my favorite uh, experience, historically speaking, but yeah. it was interesting. And we, we got a good video out of it, which is good. And I now know a lot more about Icelandic sagas than I ever expected to, which is always a fun, fun bonus. Yeah. Um, the sagas are really like nuts from a historiological or his, historiographic yeah. standpoint, I guess either one, but yeah. yeah. So it, it was cool to take probably one of the most insane of the sagas and just let it go wild and, <laughs> and Halloween it up with all the ghost fighting that yeah. um, that a modern audience really demands from the medium. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, you know, you're not really a hero if you haven't wrestled at least one undead ancestor by age 17, you know, like, yeah. that's practically a rite of passage these days. Anyway, so that Speaking was of our... Ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> so that was our first unofficial uh, Halloween. I say unofficial because it was like, like a whole week and a half before. Um, and then we had a second, slightly more official Halloween video, which went up quite recently, obviously. And that was, uh, we all got together with some friends of the channel and we performed the tragedy of Macbeth to uh, basically with Blue and I uh, playing our roles as straight as possible and everyone else doing whatever the fuck they needed to do to break us. So uh, <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. The end result was like two and a half hours. So Yeah, uh, I mean, it was full play length. <laughs> yeah, the full play. And when we released it, we were like, this one's going to... 
this one's going to be slow to grow <laughs> in the yeah. views department. Um, we did but cut we, together, or I guess we, you read, cut together. Yes, I we took OSP, yesterday. but read, uh, cut OSP. together a a supercut um, of all the moments where we did, in fact, break character. Or at least just um, the funniest bits. Like, yeah. I, I'm sure there were, like, smiles or, like, laughs in there. Uh, I saw one, because I, you know, going through it, there's a lot going on on screen. There were eight of us participating, nine, uh, with Cyan off screen, and we were just kind of like... So when I was cutting it together, I'd zoom in on specific parts where the funniest thing was happening. But I caught one this morning where I was like, oh, Blue fully put his book over his face. He was laughing so hard. And I zoomed in <laughs> on another part of the screen entirely. Ah, whatever. It's still No, it's there. okay. You can still see when I put the book yeah, on my just, face. <laughs> the the um, one that I didn't even think about until this morning was um, when you're talking to the witches and the apparitions. And it's like, oh, you know, Mick, uh, Macduff is going to come kick your ass. But also, don't worry, no man or woman born. And you're like, then live Macduff. What need I fear of the... I fully wink at the camera. <laughs> oh, no, I wish I noticed that. <laughs> I forgot I did it until this morning. I was looking back and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Um, uh, but I, I mean, so there's so fun. many little bits, which is why you should still watch the full version if you want to yeah. get the full experience and not... Uh, um, and and not not, not settle for for just you should watch both multiple times. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. There are some things that like I didn't catch on my first watch through. Like Red, um, you did a slow zoom on um, what is it when Noir flubs his line as as Kermit as Kermit Duncan, yes. So well, we my both, words fuck fuck <laughs> yeah. And we both like do the exact, exact same same. like five stages of grief facial expressions. <laughs> yeah, in perfect sync. Both of us like eyes turned heavenward temporarily before we yeah. regain composure. And, and I was like, look, wow. Like, this look is to the close. right and whew, gentle exhale. That was yeah. so funny. I lost it, my mind when I saw that. Like, it, oh my god, honest, one brain yeah. cell. Yeah, it's it's very funny. Um, it was. We were like, should we just give this a shot? Like this, this was an idea we were spitballing. We were just kind of like, yeah, that sounds like it could be good, and then it it was good, uh, yeah. which is the probably the best thing we could hope for. We had originally um, planned to do it as a stream, but for various reasons, we're like, if we're gonna do this, let's do it. Let's do it right. Let's 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 yeah, video let, it up. Let's and do then, it seriously. Yeah. Let's. So. Uh, Let's get some time to edit. If we if we screw anything up too badly, let's make sure our technical yeah. difficulties don't potentially destroy us. Uh, which, <laughs> well, you know, um, basically, yeah. like streams are already complicated enough when it's just us dicking around, yeah. and then it's like we had so many guests, we had so many like video channels at the same time, we weren't even sure how to route it for a few days, and then it was like, okay, yeah, we're we're gonna get this right. We're gonna cut it together. We're gonna take like three days to get it all smoothed out, and then we're gonna make this bad yeah. boy happen. I, so I I am excited to think of what other plays by by our good friend the Bard we could do for various occasions in the future. Mm. No no spoilers. We haven't actually figured anything out, but we are no. thinking about it because this was truly far too much fun for us to not ever do it again yeah um, <laughs> and the, so. some of the people in the comments were like oh man they could do so much with these although to whoever who was like man i hope they do dune no we're not doing dune <laughs> you all really want to what like 21 hours on the audiobook <laughs> um yeah that's not yeah. happening yeah no yeah like at least the plays are designed to be performed in like two to four hours yeah um oh boy it's a true but, Shakespeare in the Park. And obviously, you know, whenever we see a comment on anything, that's like, this is what the bard would have intended. It's always like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I think this is this is one of many things that that Shakespeare would have wanted for, you know, for for this play, because obviously we have to go hard for the parts of the play that go hard, but mm. also just lean into the bullshit that that is the authentic Shakespeareans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think as soon as Kermit th uh, popped up on screen, God. I was like, OK, I now done. I know what kind of experience we're getting. <laughs> Not to interject, but Noir told, because what happened is we had a separate Discord channel where everyone who wasn't red and blue was kind of plotting a little bit together. And so we did casting mm -hmm. and everything. And Noir, like two weeks before we were recording, was like, hey, I bought a Kermit puppet. <laughs> and the anticipation for when that puppet would be revealed mid-recording was what kept me going. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Oh man, I'm glad that. Yeah, I mean, we we knew that you guys were plotting. Uh, I just I couldn't have anticipated what we ended up dealing with, no. and it was just so beautiful. Um, 
And the so, Wiggler head too. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, Joe Cat's whole Wiggler head for for Banquo, which of course made every scene where I had to act opposite his ghost extremely yeah. fun for me. <laughs> Never shake that gory locks at me. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. The sun <laughs> um, is down, Papa. I have not heard the clock. And then fucking check it again. <laughs> oh my god! Every time that he was like acting opposite someone in a scene, he it was interesting seeing how much people would like break from script for gags because because uh, him Joe Cat and Dom did it a little bit uh but like anytime joe cat was acting opposite someone in a scene he'd be like the the script it's more like guidelines than what you call actual rules <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, he also dabs some, at one point that was fun that uh, was funny ratio dom yeah. had some excellent ones not only getting in a discworld reference on his first line but also when he said dispute it like a man you bait a cuck red you pointed <laughs> out to me this morning that yeah. is iambic pentameter the line <laughs> Still works. <laughs> yeah. So that was solid gold. And like, honestly, just such talented people. Uh, really top quality voice work. Uh, Kaluna yeah. pulling out the scariest, like, oh golem slash moaning myrtle. <laughs> yeah. How dim as you are. <laughs> as soon as she started talking, I was like, oh, no. Um, so, yes, it, w- it was a very fun experience for us. Just like intense manic energy. Uh, oh, yeah. Especially because we, I mean, obviously it ran a little bit later than... Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, uh, it was it was very fun. The whole video is up. Uh, the highlight reel is also up. So if you want to, yeah. if you don't want to commit two and a half hours to it, you can you can get the the, the extra punches yeah. and then yeah. I, I know there's always like oh it's a non-standard video. This one doesn't count. But I, I I do think that it is fun to to every once in a while. It's like we put out you know like. 52 videos a year on, you know, the mainline stuff. can take a couple of them to do something non-standard because that is, like, that is the stuff that deep channel lore is built on. Like, the college <laughs> hell, the uh-huh. Les Mis, April Fools. Like, that's, like, that's foundational OSP memery stuff right there. So it was good to have what may be another entry into the into the great OSP meme video pantheon. Yeah, um, that's that's where the deep lore is. I yeah. desperately hope somebody makes an animatic with this because there's some oh, truly oh top quality audio there that you could do really impressive visuals with. Yeah. Um, like the uh, someone could recreate the final battle with, uh, what was it, like lightsaber noises, duel of the fates, uh, <laughs> like uh, uh, just a ton of sound effects provided by all and sundry. Anyway... So, yeah, we, we had a great time with that. Uh, it's up yeah. if you missed it. Uh, and if you don't have two and a half hours, the highlight reel is also up as of, like, yesterday when this goes up. Today yes. when we're recording. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so that uh, that about covers our videos for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I believe we have uh, some generalized yeah. announcements, housekeeping and such few things on the subject of content red tell us about what uh rolling with difficulty was just up to oh yes that's right uh we just released the rolling with difficulty halloween special for those of you who don't know rolling with difficulty is a uh D campaign that is uh managed in large part by uh indigo uh dm'd by our friend austin uh indigo and i are two of the players there are other players they're very talented one of them was on the Macbeth stream Game. Yeah, Kermit, the, the source of Kermit. Um, so just, it's a great time. And for uh, the Halloween special, Indigo DM'd a Call of Cthulhu one-shot that we all played uh, that just went out, like, yesterday. Uh, is the video going to be up or...? The video is currently up as of this recording. So okay. if you'd like to listen, you can search for Rolling With Difficulty on any podcast platform or YouTube, and you can either find the uh, VOD or the recording. Um, there's no video for it, so it is the same on both platforms but uh whatever your listening preferences are it's out there it's available yes it's up it's up yeah so i uh highly recommend you check that out there's some there's some fun stuff in there (laughs) (laughs) uh and uh yeah we're i think that's that's basically all the rolling with difficulty news i think we're like back end we're going to be discussing logistics for for more stuff but that's not for you to hear just yet (laughs) Yeah. We'll um, other secrets. other side of um, announcements, we've got two merch-related things. First off is um, over the weekend, we launched, or rather Doomco Designs launched mm-hmm. the first Monkey of the Month with our Sun Wukong Journey to the West Vinyl toy. Now that we have the molds all done, we can just throw different 
fun colors of vinyl into it. So this first one was sort of like a red and blue, like semi-translucent marble pattern that was super mm-hmm. sweet. Um, and, and the blue every part month, glowed in the dark. So and it glowed in the dark. That's right. Cool, yeah. Um, and it sold out in like a day, which you guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, we so every month. That. We will have a limited run of about 45 or so Wukong figurines in a new color scheme each month. Mm -hmm. So uh, follow us on Twitter uh, and you'll see all the updates for those. Um, You can also follow Doomco Designs on Instagram. He posts a lot more progress stuff and all these things are going through his web shop. So feel free to check out his stuff in general. We can link that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, So if you see one you like, Grab it, because it's not going to be in stock for very much longer. Um, They are a little more expensive than the base models, uh, because the colorants are a little more complicated, more expensive, especially when we're doing like a two-tone marble thingy. Um, But we want to try to keep it all in the same price wheelhouse. Um, Additionally, on the other side of merch, we have a special announcement for our... Uh, enamel pins um, every fall uh, as if you've been around for a couple of years you might know that we do a special um, sale for Black Friday for all of the enamel pin designs we've ever done all of our deities our, our whole pantheon of the Olympians and Hades and Persephone and Loki and all that jazz uh, the, the 12 Olympians plus, plus Loki. Um, all of them will be back in stock this fall but as a special, special thing, because the 10th anniversary of OSP is coming up later this year, I know I was shocked to find out as well. Mm-hmm. We're releasing every single one of our pins instead of like the way that if you have them now, you'll know, you'll see that they have like this kind of black metal framing. Instead of that, we're doing it in gold. So all the enamel is the same color, but the metal is going to be a beautiful, shiny gold. All of those will be available starting on November the 11th, which is next Friday from the time this podcast goes up. Right. They'll be up through um, the end of Cyber Monday uh, with some special deals that weekend through the CrowdMade website. Um, they're in a fixed stock. So again, if you like them, grab them. We can't guarantee how long they'll be in for. Uh, they are in the warehouse, so they'll ship out pretty quickly, yeah. um, which is great. And additionally, as a thank you to the audience, we'll be hosting a giveaway for these golden boys over on our Discord server. It's open and free to join. The link to our Discord is in the description, and we'll be choosing 10 lucky winners, seven of whom will receive some pins of their choice, and three will get the full slate of all 18 pins in gold. We'll be doing the drawing on Thursday the 10th, so if you want to be entered, just join the server and enjoy the community. There's no cost to enter and no way to increase your odds. So that's Gold Pins launching next Friday, and you have a chance to get them for free if you're a member of our Discord server, discord.gg slash OSP. And with that, let's head over into the Q&A portion of the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Q&A portion of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast, where we answer your questions from Ask OS Pod on Discord. I went out last night for okay. Halloween and I'm really feeling gotcha. it. <laughs> gotcha. we're powering through because today, as it is our 55th episode, we do have oh, a right. lightning round. I can't do the little Yes, thank you. As a reminder, this is We'll bring the enthusiasm when you can't. I ate half of a Twix bar mid recording the first half of this episode, and I'm really, that's what I'm running on. But uh, the lightning round is a segment where we go through some of the pieces of media, the TV shows, books, movies, etc., video games, yada, 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 that you all have asked if Ancient we have Ancient Sumerian seen. clay tablets. Yeah. Surely yeah. Gilgamesh, it's true. Gilgamesh uh, 4 is probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one where they bring back the villain from the first one, uh, and it was yeah. just really cool that the yeah. real return to um, casting. Okay, what do we got? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to go through these and just very quickly say, have we seen it? Have we not? And if we've seen it, did you like it? Uh, and try to get through as many as we can in very little time. And just a kind of blanket reminder for everyone in Ask OS Pod on Discord, the lightning round tag is like really only four pieces of media. If you have like a small question that is not like apples or bananas, you can just drop that as a regular question. It's not going to be included in the lightning round. But that said, we have a lot of media to get through. So let's yeah. And do this. if you asked for a lightning round topic and we said that we either have not heard of it or didn't like it, that does reflect on your worth as a person. <laughs> oh my god. No. <laughs> no, obviously you not. You should no. take that intensely personally and bug us on Twitter about it for sure. <laughs> oh god. All right. First up, we got Snowpiercer, the movie with the train. Oh, with Chris Evans and the train and the Yeah, I haven't watched it. <laughs> no. I know about it. 
I've seen it. It's fun. Uh, Glitch Productions. Never heard of it. No, sorry. Uh, Downton Abbey. Oh, uh, I mean, I I know it exists. I've been yeah. online, but uh, haven't seen it. Ashley here. Johnson is in Downton Abbey, as I recall. Johnson. Ashley Johnson. Johnson. Oh, Johnson. what did I say? Yeah. I I just heard actually Johnson, and I was like, who the <laughs> fuck do we know named Johnson? <laughs> um, but uh, that's cool. Uh, period romance isn't really my thing, so. Yeah, mine neither. Huh. Uh, no Evil by Betsy Lee. Nope. Nope. American Born Chinese by Jean Yuan Yang. Jean Yuan Yang, my bad. Uh, I have not, but my school put it into the curriculum the year after, like, that year would have read it. So, like, I... it. It got put into the seventh grade curriculum, and that happened when I was in eighth grade. And I was like, oh, that book seemed really cool. And then, obviously, I was an eighth grader, so I didn't, like, do anything about it. But it seems great. <laughs> I had to look it up. But, yes, I've actually read this whole thing. Uh, it's it it's pretty heavy. But, yeah. <laughs> um. Good stuff. Uh, Barbie, Life in the Dream House. <laughs> no. But no. uh, thanks. I watched some of the Barbie princess I've seen movies clips on when I was Tumblr. little. Uh, <laughs> but I think Barbie Dreamhouse is like, it's more like a Barbie sitcom, right? Yeah, it's more um, recent, I think. It was like a show. A couple of years. I, I haven't actually watched it. I've only seen the out of context like compilations of, course, of the meme of character I do love on the Tumblr. meme where it's like Barbie's closet and then they Photoshop in like, you were a soldier in the Byzantine army. And she's like, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> they have like the whole like cataphract armor on one of the coat hangers. The running gag of Barbie having been everyone and and filled every role in society is one of my favorite parts of the Barbie pantheon. Yeah. Yes. This next one is a YouTube channel, and I'm going to apologize in advance for this name because I don't think that I have the wherewithal to pronounce it correctly, but we're going to power through anyway. Uh, Clamavi de Profundis? De Profundis? Please spell it so I can Google it to see if I know this person. <laughs> C-L-A-M-A-V-I space D-E space P-R-O-F-U-N-D-I-S. Neat. No, but thanks. No. <laughs> um, I guess they do music. That's kind of cool. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, they they look they look neat. But uh, no, I haven't seen them yet. Warehouse Thirteen. Uh, it sounds familiar, but no, I haven't. No. Watched. Man, this, this lighting round's a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. Geez. Sorry, this guys. This one might get some better. The Sound of Music. <laughs> the movie and or musical. Oh boy. I mean. I know it exists. Blue, you're giving a slightly I, awkward facial expression, yeah, too. I, I've <laughs> Have we seen really never seen it? <laughs> clips. I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> it took me a while to realize that, like, the whole background setting of The Sound of Music is, like, the Anschluss. So it's like, yeah, it's pre-war, like, late 1930s, and, like, Germany just annexed Austria. It's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it's some heavy shit. Yeah, this is entirely possible uh, that that's also why it was not shown to me when I was younger, alongside things like Singing in the Rain and other classical movie musicals that my mom did think was appropriate for a young child to watch. I worked on a production of The Sound of Music in the eighth grade. It's fine. <laughs> All uh, right. Let's get the, a softball in here or something. The mechanisms. Oh, they're like a band. Yes, I know they exist, but that doesn't mean I've heard any yeah, of their no. stuff. Uh, uh, Xenoblade oh, okay. Chronicles. Oh, uh, I mean, I know it exists. Uh, isn't one of those guys in Smash Bros? Yes. Uh, yes. Shulk, yeah. right? Yeah. Some of the armor sets from it are like DLC and Breath of the Wild or like bonus content or something. Oh, you can yeah. Find. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The meteors with the with the chests. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess we know it exists by proxy, like friends of friends. <laughs> this one is rough. Uh, <laughs> the Northmen. No, um, Ludo History <laughs> yeah. watched it and was like, this is really good. I think they could have done better in a few places, but like on paper, I'm glad it exists. So no, I mean, not not much of a recent film goer. So no, unfortunately, wow. I mean, I'm not much of an anything film goer. Let's not give me more credit than I deserve here. <laughs> <laughs> Who was uh, giving you credit? <laughs> terminal Montage. 
Terminal Montage. Yes. Oh, yes. Love. Thank love. God. Oh, we love that channel. <laughs> yeah. So fun. I love Just the, the running gag that Kirby is like fiercely Christian. Extremely <laughs> Catholic. Yes. Um, my my favorite bit from any of the. Ter- okay, I have two. There's uh, the Terminal Montage Halloween special that's Pac-Man, but it's like Dead Space. That's really oh, good. God, Genuinely I love that one. one of the creepiest videos I've ever seen. And there's the uh, Castlevania one where Simon Belmont uh, rips the head off the mummy and uses it to rappel down the castle and it cuts back to the inside and the mummy's body's just, <laughs> just flipping. It's just spinning and flopping against the floor because, it, yeah. So, uh, yes, we love Terminal Montage. Everyone should I, watch the video. I do love the Christmas special where Kirby just has, like, a lovely dinner with, like, all of Kirby's friends. Yeah. And, like, there's, like, a... 45 second uncut section of Kirby like delivering a Christmas prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that one of the ones where he's just saying Poyo but the subtitles are telling you what? Yes, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I think I remember that one. I'm, I'm glad that oh, we got one God. that you guys both really like and enjoy. Uh, uh, and I I'm think gonna we're... go watch like a two hour compilation <laughs> of Terminal Montage as soon as this is done. As well as right. you should. Well, we'll let you speed along to that so we'll end the lightning round here on that positive note. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, boy. Deep feel. Looking at my running spreadsheet of all of the stuff that's been asked, I don't think the next three any of us have seen. So we'll just jump into some Q&A questions. Please continue to submit media for the lightning round. If you haven't heard yours yet, I promise we'll get to it. It's a very, very long list. Um, and I hope you all enjoyed this segment. We'll be back in five episodes with more of it. But we got to go into the Q&A questions proper, starting with one from one of our lovely patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, support the channel, and until, uh, what was it, the ninth, be entered in a opportunity until to win ninth. some pins, mm-hmm. yeah. consider becoming a patron for a chance to have your question read first on a future episode. This first question comes from Zero Shadow Zero Five. To everyone, OSP is in a horror movie. Who dies first and what dumb decision was made? Who's the lone survivor, and what are you running from? So let's oh, let's put boy. us in a horror movie for a minute here. Who's who's gone first? I have historically stated that I would die first in a horror movie due to my propensity to make terrible decisions, but I actually think because of who I am as a person, I would fill the like Michelle Rodriguez role of mm. like kind of an ass kicker, but dies like in the last. 20 minutes of the movie mm. like like maybe in a heroic sacrifice or maybe the zombie bite just finally gets to me you know like so that way i can still be quipping as i get progressively more disheveled and then like i, I go out with a bang or something like that yeah. i just always <laughs> felt like that was really career goals like she's living the dream you know of all tank top butches <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. there it is uh, i feel like i have two possible outcomes for dying very early one is i die very early because I am just too soft as a person. The other mm-hmm. is that I die very early because my martial arts training means that I have to get warped. Mm, yeah. You Either try way, to... I'm yeah. fucked. Yeah, I run into the problem of, like, I think on paper I could pull off Final Girl, but I'm a little too genre savvy, so I think what happens is people get killed, like, two or three of us get killed off, and then I'm like, oh my god, everything's going by plot beats, we all know what's happening, and then that's... I'm too aware of what's going to happen. I can't say to the end because I can't have any dramatic realizations midway through, which I think means we're kind of landing on maybe Cyan is the final girl of the OSP group. Yeah. In terms oh, of, of course practical survival. Of course Cyan yeah. outlives the rest of us. Cyan, right? <laughs> most, most likely what happens is like we all die and then it like cuts to Cyan in a different room just like like doing some like yarn work, like not even aware that anything has gone wrong it's like they're taking a while to come back with yeah. like snacks i don't it's like there's something wrong out there it's like yeah. not not like lack of knowledge but just like just 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 living her best life yep yep the problem resolves itself in the background and she's like did i eat today <laughs> it's because all of us would have gone out of our way to try and like do dumb shit and gotten ourselves killed whereas like cyan recognizing the game and choosing not to play yeah. <laughs> to not <laughs> engage in mutually assured horror movie destruction wins Cyan so as the token real job haver in the group uh, <laughs> is guaranteed survival although also like Cyan is also like the smart guy like you know knows chemical science and stuff like that so it's possible that she's the person who's like oh, those fools at the institute didn't heed my warnings but uh <laughs> But we all know that bad things are coming. But instead of being like, I must warn everybody, you know, Independence Day style, she's like, well, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, once again, the two options are either that she just like chills her way to winning and surviving the whole movie or 
she goes crafting feral and turns the cottage into a fortress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just incidentally, it's like, yeah, it turns out you can like crochet wire into some really nice fence work. Uh, why is it 10 feet tall? Oh, well, you know, I, I kind of got too much and I had to use yeah. it or it was just going to be sitting around. Uh, well, yeah. we know who survives for sure. Uh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> yes. I think Although the question, of course, remains, what exactly what are we is, fighting? What are we fighting? <clears throat> that's That's really yeah. the crux of this whole thing, isn't it? Daniel Green. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> I, 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 like just sweater. to narrow things down, I think we all hate zombies too much to have any fun in, like, a zombie story. I think we'd work better with some kind of, like, near incomprehensible, but ultimately a single threat. Like, not necessarily like a slasher movie thing, but, like, there's sort of a twist of eldritch horror to it. Like, the true nature of the thing is incomprehensible, but we can sort of figure out its dimensions and where it is, but, like, that's all we got. Um, and for some reason personifying it as the person who broke us on the podcast <laughs> is just an odd twist but I, I like it I, I have a big fondness for the kind of horror where it's like it's trying to imitate people and failing just slightly uh, like a creepy deep fake or you know one of those oh there's someone yelling for help in the woods but it's on like a five minute loop and I just noticed that you know that kind of like mm-hmm. that's the good creepy shit that I like Jeez, uh, so I think I, I'd like to in a horror movie setting that would be my my arch nemesis yeah. I feel like uh, and then I can of... come back as a spooky like deep fake version of myself Ooh. in the cameo after I go down swinging in the last 20 minutes <laughs> yeah that's the thing I was <laughs> actually I was talking about this recently with someone but like there is something fun about if you know that your horror franchise of choice is going to become a franchise and like there will be a next gen sequel down the line. If you get killed off vaguely off screen or even a little bit, not quite explicitly in the first movie, there's a non-zero chance that you make a cameo later on. And yeah. I do oh, think that's sure. the ideal role to fulfill. I think kind of like on the other end of the spectrum from Red, I really like super pulpy, like tropey, more mm. fun than horror horror. Um, so for me, the idea of a villain, or in this case, Daniel Green, uh, hunting us down and killing us, but playing into all of the like Friday the 13th tropes would be so, so fun. <laughs> eh, I don't know. I'd be I willing to like go down. Potential to Those bad guys are just guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's not really I... scary so much at that point as it is just having a, a good old, good, good Christian fun. It, it's like, you yeah. know, the saying of like guys with beards are just guys without beards with beards. I feel like, <laughs> like masked slasher villains are just guys without masks with masks, you know, like it's not, there's nothing special there. I'm sorry, Blue, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> guys without beards with beards. God, this is some nun pizza left beef bullshit. No, I mean, I was going to say having like seen some trick or treating yesterday out and about in the neighborhood the truly the scariest thing that the human mind could comprehend would be daniel green in an inflatable among us costume with a handgun because <laughs> he's just standing there and then you get shot <laughs> and you don't see him reach for the gun because it's inside the inflatable among us costume and then it deflates oh, no. around him uh <laughs> Because there's a hole in it now. And then he's like a Dementor, like just like a sl- slinking mass of fabric. I gotta know why we picked Daniel Green to bully specifically. We have so many other friends who just broke us like yesterday. What if I it's mean, just have all you seen them? like all the knives that he holds as microphones? The man emanates danger. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, the please don't, energy. To please, it. dear God, don't be a bomb videos like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do think that there is, like, if we are going with the whole series here, there's potential for every OS podcast to one by one be the villain of the series, and just every yeah. movie is the particular chase down. <laughs> we do it like it's like the upgrade from Alien to Aliens, mm. right? So, movie one, it's just one of our friends in an inflatable Among Us suit with a gun. <laughs> and then, and like, and like, as the we're stinks. like infiltrating the, the like, I don't know, the bouncy castle fortress, uh, the, like <laughs> one of them peels itself off the wall and we realize it wasn't actually part of the bouncy castle. It was in fact oh one of the bad guys. And yeah, someone needs to get torched by a flamethrower. I mean, like if, if I can't have my spooky uh, fake mimicking monster, I, I'll i accept xenomorphs. Xenomorphs yeah. are good spooky fun. Good, also, like, good. it's canonical in the movies that they seem to adapt to, like, camouflage in. So, hypothetically, if they weren't in, like, an ultra-dirty and rugged, like, industrial spaceship environment, we could get a bouncy house-style xenomorph. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Well, I think the OSP wow. horror movie does sound like good, good fun. Uh, but we've got more questions to get to. So, this next question comes from Bardic Inspiration. What, what, What's your favorite... Halloween costume you've ever worn. 
Oh, man. I think one of the last Halloween costumes I properly had, uh, with the help of my mom, very talented crafter that she is, was a Totoro costume that had, like, mesh support for, like, the egg-shaped Totoro body that I was... And I could see out through the teeth, which was, like, a a gridded... um, It was, like, a white mesh, so I could see out through it from the dark (laughs) inside the suit, but uh, people couldn't see it. Very cool. It was a marvel of design, really. That's cool. I'm I'm astounded. I haven't seen a picture of that. All that that's so fun. I practically speaking, the most like life transformative costume that I ever had was in high school, where one day I decided to dress as Nathan Drake, mm. and then I kept dressing like that for the next twelve years. You're like, what a coincidence! I already have all the pieces of his outfit that I need. Well, no, because that was the first time that I assembled a Henley and the necklace, and I'm like, oh wait, no, I like this. And, like, as I sit up in frame, like, yeah. wearing the same shit and, you know, 12 years later. So yeah. that, like, practically speaking, was the most transformative Halloween costume. And I've, I've been wearing it every day of my life since then. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, I, I can't throw stones in the, this started as a costume, but then I just incorporated it into my outfit design. Because the Ankh necklace I wear is because I dressed up as Death of the Endless when I was little. And my mom had an Ankh necklace that I borrowed. And then I just kind of kept wearing it. And uh, the pendant's <laughs> different. I've, I've necklace of Theseus to this. This is like a different wow. <laughs> Ankh pendant. But I've basically <laughs> worn it constantly since then. Just because I like it. Nice. It's good. Yeah. I think, honestly, this year might be my favorite costume I've done. Because I, I like Halloween a lot. I think it's probably my favorite holiday. And I've mentioned this before, but I, I like doing costuming, but I don't have a lot of opportunities to really let loose. And this was, this is one of the two times a year that I get to. It's like this and the Ren Fair, but with very different mm-hmm. genres. Uh, and in the past years, I've done some costumes I really liked. I did Sam from Danny Phantom. A bunch of us all went out one year. I really loved, like, like, like really like that costume. I did Kung Fury one year. That was solid. But this year, oh, yeah. uh, my boyfriend and I went as... <laughs> Ripley and Brett from Alien. <laughs> and hey! Not only was that costume extremely comfortable and relatively easy to make, but it looked really good. <laughs> nice. I think this, like, I really do oh, think like, this year, I'm like, ooh, that's a Halloween costume. Like, that right there. Ripley's a classic. Uh, we got a lot of people who thought we were pilots, because uh, I did oh, realize oh. that the costumes in Alien look an awful lot like the costumes in Top Gun, which came out this year. <laughs> I will say, I, I kind of stumbled ass backwards into being group appropriate, uh, hung out with a couple <laughs> friends for our yearly watch of Over the Garden Wall, and they were both mm. in full glorious costume, and I had uh, <laughs> phoned it in by throwing on my Nightwing jacket, but uh, I guess that made me the bluebird they were hanging out with. How about that? I didn't even <laughs> yeah. put that shit together until we were taking photos after, and I was like, oh shit, Abstract I am Abstract closet cosplays theme. are the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally did it intentionally, <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, what fun. Yeah. So what fun. Um, but we got a few more questions to get through. So this one comes from Ace of Spades. If you had to live in any horror media, what would you choose? So if you have to live in horror media, where you live in? Mm. Interesting. <laughs> I, I think you know what? Yeah, Cthulhu Mythos. I'll take it. You know, mm. like I, I'm a big fan of the Eldritch horror, and the the good thing about those nightmare scenarios is they're typically too big to particularly care too much about individual people like one thing that makes zombie apocalypses suck so much is how intensely personal they get but like with cthulhu horrors it's like the problem is that you know it's incomprehensibly vast and you're so tiny it doesn't even know that you're there but to you this is the most important thing that's ever happened to you and i just feel like it would be really easy to fucking like mind your business and just be fine but also Um, here's the hack for being in the lovecraftian mythos it's like oh this math doesn't make sense it's like it does you're an idiot and you go on with your life yes the other (laughs) helpful thing oh wow an air conditioner real fucking scary well even then it's like uh, as an accidental side effect of Lovecraft's fear of his fellow man a lot of his monsters are strangely human like that the guy in cool air is just a dude he's just a doctor who didn't want to die and has been extending his life artificially but he's doing good work he's providing medical care for his neighbors at no cost including the main character who had a heart attack and went to see him like so you you have this space this world that has this richness to it of just like how this how the the forces beyond mortal comprehension just sort of enter into their lives in interesting ways and can lift them up or do interesting things like obviously you don't want to live out in the color out of space part of things like that part sucks ass but like there are parts <laughs> of the lovecraftian setting where truly interesting and beautiful things can happen but because mm. the narration is colored so much by lovecraft's own worldview and his own phobias 
the the telling of them is always you like uniformly horrified even though in one case it's like uh well we found the secret to immortality uh that's cool and then the other is like oh god it's in the crops it's in the water it's in our family like that part sucks but there's good stuff in there and then it, like the, the fish people situation that's like 50 50 it's like i don't really like a lot of the way that's I mean, honestly plays that, out. that just depends on personal preference yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure like not, not not my flavor but i've seen the shape of water i know you people are out there the shape uh, of so water yes, comes up mythos. so much on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> Nearly every episode we talk about the shape of water at least briefly. That's definitely not true. I haven't brought it up in it's a while. Frequent. <laughs> I also secondary life hack for for living in the Lovecraft mythos. Don't be racist, and then yeah. it's a lot less scary. <laughs> that definitely helps make the world an easier place to live in. Not being racist. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. Don't yeah. don't control Q. I need you to not Leo is currently anywhere but control and Q. Uh, I think, Red, I think that's a great answer. I do think that, for me, I would like to live in, like, the Friday the 13th universe because I would just simply not go to summer camp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that does seem eminently fixable. It's like, oh, he's he's stalking the campground. Oh, no, let's go somewhere with actual running water. (laughs) I'm an adult. I just don't need to work at a summer camp. I think that's okay for me to... (laughs) I think, yeah, I think that's a good aspiration to have. Life hack for... um summer slasher movies don't be too horny to function mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll be fine <laughs> yeah although like yeah. like a jaws situation would maybe be fun too because then you're just like having a fun summer at the beach and also there's a giant shark swimming around doing shark stuff or ooh, or like any of those like really bad say, straight to sci-fi channel like mega shark movies Ooh, i oh, love those boy. maybe that's the maybe that's the universe for me which is something we need is what we need is one of those mega shark movies and like everyone else is a perfectly standard stock horror protagonist and then there's one like marine biologist who's just fucking stoked to see a real megalodon. <laughs> They're like, I'm so excited. I think that might have been a character in the Meg, that movie that came out oh. a while ago. With yeah, that wouldn't actually surprise me. I, d- I didn't watch the movie or at least it's been a no, long time since I've either. seen anything from it but they have a lot of biologists in that. I'd be shocked if there wasn't at least one of them who was a little stoked that there was a giant uh, megalodon emerging from the bottom of the sea. But uh, Blue, we're always like, ooh, the shark's going to eat me. Nobody's ever like, does the shark have enough enrichment in its enclosure? <laughs> anyway, Blue, what you got? Yeah, where are you living? Um, aside from my 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 expert life hacks, um, I I don't know if, if the Divine Comedy, or at least the Inferno, counts as a horror setting, but that would be fascinating to just kind of, like, wander around in, like, Dante <laughs> style. Uh, obviously a lot less fun if I'm getting eternally punished for, for my sins and faults as a human. Um, yeah, a quick little tour of hell would be interesting. You know, nice place to visit, but you wouldn't want to live there. Yeah, I... I would love to be like one of those like behind the scenes like tech guys in mm. Cabin in the Woods who's just like running the game mm. and like trying to like organize like you know one of the stage hands basically cuz you know there's like steady you know, employment Chris Hemsworth and all these guys like trying to you know bang out in this cabin like whatever man you do you and then it's just like this whole warehouse full of like like NASA style people like trying to make sure that the show <laughs> goes properly I'd love to be one of those little guys in like the NASA bay just like doing that <laughs> I will say bold choice to choose the only option guaranteed to die horribly because we all picked options where it's like it's fine actually this is just about the wonder of the universe or like I would simply not go where the bad guys are and you're like I want to be not only one of the bad guys but i want to be one of the bad guys who is karmically ripped apart by a unicorn in the last 15 minutes of the movie (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) career goals and you know the benefits are great like dental the whole package they get dental guys i'm sorry i my contract is up i got a new gig (laughs) lined up (laughs) um great answers all around we got another question coming at you from spill the tea to all, this Halloween, I finally got to dress up as the Red Death. If you had infinite time and resources, what would you make? What is your dream Halloween costume? So not something you've been before, but something that you have always aspired to be. I did want to say that I have also gone as the Red Death nice. uh, on a few. Hall- it was my phoned-in Halloween costume because I already made the mask with, like, bleeding out of the eye and mouth holes, and then I just had my red cape. But um, I I don't know how to phrase this in a way that doesn't sound mean, but I, I, I do not dream of cosplay most of the time <laughs> it's not something I, I typically aspire to um is there any like and character who's or not even a character but just anything that you like that would be a cool thing to wear even if it's not necessarily just like the costumey actually, costume no, 
you know, no, I actually got to revise my answer. There's, uh, I have at times considered the logistics of uh, going to a convention as Edward Elric with the full Ooh, arm, yeah. the automail. Uh, I think I got as far as looking up like a foam cut pattern for how to do it. And then I was like, oh, okay. I'm busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just yeah, never went I got, anywhere. I but got stuff. I got shit going on. But like, I, it's an ideal costume for me because I already have most of it. I just need the outer coat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And maybe like trim up some bangs or something. I always, when I was a, a child, I always wanted to have like a full ass suit of armor. Ooh, and obviously yeah. I never got one because <laughs> good Lord. Also most <laughs> historical armor, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't look as cool as like in the, in like the fantasy shows and stuff. So yeah. 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 Um, hey, when Mist, uh, as a uh, way of Kings and like Mistborn and the Sanders verse gets bigger and they start getting like movies, you should be able to buy a full set of that like shard plate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's true. Fancy. I can swim around and scare people at Amity Beach. Uh, <laughs> uh, Shard yeah, no, just plate. like just going as like a full night would be pretty sick. Yeah, I gotta say, yeah. endless respect to the people at conventions I see in like full samurai armor oh, yeah. because it's clear that this is like the one day of the year that they get to pull that out of storage. Yeah. Same vibe yeah. with anyone at the Ren Faire walking around in like full plate mail like props. Yeah. You are sweating buckets, <laughs> but damn, that's some good armor. Yeah, I think my, like, dream costume is not necessarily, like, one thing that I would want to do, but it's a group costume that I've never been able to pull off because it requires too many people to be too coordinated and, like, very on task. But I do think that, like, the perfect group costume is all of the characters from Clue the movie dressed in their, like, Uh. screen costumes. Not Clue characters. Clue the movie specifically, but you have to get the full crew. Like, you can't have anyone missing if you're doing that, except for maybe Mr. Body. And, like... (laughs) And it's just, it's getting everyone to not only agree to do it, but to do the screen costumes is always tricky. But that's that. That's if I had all of the resources and all of the coordination in the world with a, a group of the exact right amount of friends. It'd be perfection. Yeah. Um, Perfect. But we have time for one last question. And I think that this one, you know, it's touching on your old friend and mine. That's right. We're going back to the time heist, baby. This question oh, comes oh, from Pink bit, Leo. <laughs> How would a Time Heist Halloween special be? Time Geist? Would it be a classic Scooby-Doo mystery? All the historical figures return in ghost form? Maybe a monster hunt the original monsters, like Dracula? What do you have in mind? So we're making a Time Heist Halloween special. Um, Is this in the rebooted continuity? Because we've established Time Heist 1, 2, 3. Is this pre or three, post-crisis? And then we had... Is... No, because we, we had a TV show... Right. And we also had a, like, second-gen, like, 20 years later, because the 90s are hot again, reboot. Mm-hmm. This and then we had Heistus me... on Infinite Earths, which was, of course, its own mess. Yeah. <laughs> this reads to me kind of like the Star Wars holiday special, where, like, it is canon, but Let's... it is also just sort of its own thing on the side that can draw from whatever continuities it feels like. Like, I do feel like this is where we have the freedom to truly pull whatever we I... want in. Is this a case of like canon but a separate timeline? Because then we can just like kind of run with like the original time heist because yeah. we obviously don't remember what happened in any of the other ones. <laughs> I'll tell you though, I'm, I'm thinking like if the premise of time heist is essentially that like it, it's us and we have access to a time machine and hijinks ensue. Like we assume time heist one happened and maybe mm-hmm. this is like this could be in canon, but it could be kind of its own little thing. It's still in the original continuity. There's no there's no history change fuckery. I think it would be really funny if we accidentally stumbled into Dracula. Just the plot. <laughs> like, we're minding our own fucking business at, like, the turn of the 1800s into the 1900s. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why we'd be in England at the correct time. But, like... <laughs> We end up just like Dracula's plot to invade England is happening in the background and we just keep stumbling into it. Um, Or like we we bump into Dr. Van Helsing on the train to London and we're like, is this guys? I mean, we fucking gotta like forget whatever we were going to do. I got to check a a timeline real quick for just to figure out who we can be fucking with. And then like somewhere off in the background, like like some giant war unfolds like halfway across the globe because we didn't prevent something from going a certain way in the early days of the British Empire. No, I, I think <laughs> I got like, it. No, we got to do this Dracula thing. Like, forget whatever other reason we came here. I I had to just check just the, the correct years. Um, 
Thomas Edison was in full swing in the, the time that Dracula was published, I would like to have gone back in time to try and fuck with him or like, uh, <laughs> um, okay. like okay. Let, it's like, we're going to, we're going to, you, you know, forget that Edison electrical, whatever. We're going to be on, we're going to be on Nikola Tesla's side with this Do one we? now. We're going to help him out. This is a Halloween movie, right? Which means got to have some yeah. spooky elements to it. But what if it's not that something is haunting us? But we, with our advanced knowledge of electricity from the modern era, are able to go back and haunt Edison to make stuff go all wonky in his lab and all that jazz and just really mess with the guy and like, create our own spooky like a, story. Like we're like the Like a ghouls. ghost of Christmas past style, yeah. like um, <laughs> yeah. making him change his ways. I just also think it would be very funny if we accidentally trip into the plot of Dracula and uh, yeah, suddenly uh, we're dealing with real ass vampires and shit. What if we like um, Scooby-Doo yeah. Dracula, you know? <laughs> just... <laughs> I'm sure they've done that in Scooby-Doo on multiple occasions. Oh, 100%, but this would be real. Mm-hmm. And we could hang out with Dr. Van Helsing whenever he's not on screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like, because it's canonical in the book that he doesn't actually know all that much about vampires. He's operating on superstition. But we, from the future, we know lots about vampires. A lot of it's probably wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> I like to sit down with uh, Quincy Morris and just compare accents for a while. I think that could be really fun for everyone involved. His accent would wander all the way around, kind of like Tim's did for Lady Macbeth. <laughs> like, oh, a bunch of Americans, right? I can relate. Is that too? I'm very American. And we're like, yep, that, yeah, sh- sure are, bud. <laughs> you, you're gosh dang right. Um, uh, oh no uh, I, yeah, I just I think, think it would be fun I do think Dracula yeah. is the most viable like point for the time yeah. heist we interact with in, in our canon um, it would also it would be funny to try and figure out like is this also the Castlevania continuity like we have little hints that <laughs> like, like we, maybe there's like a Belmont somewhere back up the chain and we're like okay you're like which Dracula are we dealing with here yeah yeah is Alucard running around or is that just an attractive blonde man 50 <laughs> 50 <laughs> uh, you like he looks thing? sad that's probably Alucard that could Statistically. yeah but okay I yes I think I think what it should be is we stumble into the plot of Dracula and then as the plot expands, it becomes increasingly unclear which continuity of Dracula we're dealing Ooh. with. Like, there's there's Van Helsing style <laughs> anachronistic steampunk running around, and we're just like, I okay, so hear, hear um, me out. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. Beginning of the movie, we decide to go back in time, and because it's Halloween, we're gonna see a spooky story unfold. We all decide, let's go see if Dracula is real. But in the process of traveling through time, there's malfunction, and everyone gets sent to different continuities of Dracula. And we all have to live through them all individually. Everyone's like paired off with historical figures and stuff in the different continuities. We're, we're spider-versing it to, yes. <laughs> to experience the different continuities of Dracula. Like maybe I go to Van Helsing, red, maybe you're in classic Dracula, blue, you're in Castlevania, you know, whatever it is. And then somehow at the end, all of our Draculas combine at their cri- pin- pinnacle moments, along with all of us finally reconvening, having time travel technology our way into it and then it's like truly the ending of spider-verse i love it i love it especially because there's that bit at the end of dracula where they all sort of reunite in the in the snow field right yep. outside the castle yep. uh so i think i think that absolutely works especially if blue you're in the castlevania continuity so you've been in the castle for a lot of this like <laughs> yeah doing the and crazy like the castle just shit. teleports and i'm like yeah. oh i'm here now <laughs> yeah I get, whoops uh they, they had to move it back into the right place for the the plot to happen yeah. <laughs> so god yeah and then like they Combine into like Megazord Turbo Dracula. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then meanwhile, it's like I'm trying and failing to explain blood types to Van Helsing because I don't understand it all that well and I don't have internet in the past. So I'm just like, look, it's just some of the sometimes the blood doesn't play well with others, okay? I what do finally you mean it's letters? <laughs> I finally get to fix Hugh Jackman's wig in Van Helsing. <laughs> I bring a brush with me. I'm fucking ready. Okay, but the key question is when you come back. Have you secretly been turned into a werewolf? <laughs> Obviously. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't just, want to assume. That's not like a big plot point. It's just a truth in the back of all, all the subsequent movies. It's like, oh yeah, the Indigo character also is a werewolf. And it just mm-hmm. never comes mm-hmm. up again. This is like anime backstory levels. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Ron Stoppable being the monkey master. Yeah. Like you only remember it like once a season. <laughs> exactly that. It's like, oh wait, hold on guys. <laughs> um, well, I think... God. That's, this is a great Time Heist Halloween special. Oh, but that means I'm stuck trying to keep Lucy with Stenra alive and figure out that she's gay. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's going to be such a hassle. Oh, uh, man. 
just like first of all start latching your windows and like or stay in a hotel for god's sake someone, or, and like <laughs> second of all like if you're describing your female friend for 30 pages of letters about how beautiful and wonderful she is and then you get through all three proposals in one page what do you think that means like, someone actually gets sent to like nosferatu instead of dracula by mistake and it's like wait a minute <laughs> No, this one on. goes way harder than the other three. <laughs> huh, why is all the serial numbers filed off of everybody? <laughs> um, all right. Well, I, I love this Time Heist Halloween special concept. Uh, I'm glad we could pull it around. But uh, speaking of things that go bump in the night and are quite spooky, Red, are you ready to do the outro? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what dope Castlevania weapon Blue is going to steal from the timeline. <laughs> um, uh, well, I can't use a mace flail, that's for sure. You just come back the, with the a morning nicer, star. Yeah. yeah. You just come back I, with a nicer God. coat, and it's like, where'd you get that? It's like, I actually found Proto Volante. It's great. <laughs> Direct um, from the source, <laughs> of course. Okay. It's like, does it have any like magical defensive properties? No, it just looks cool. The, there was a magical jacket of protecting I I could have worn, but it just it, it, it clashed. It didn't, it didn't so I have had to the leave crest. It. it didn't match my pants. You know how yeah. it is. Yeah. God, Alucard's <laughs> flying sword, though, is so sick. Yeah, so you just get to hang out with Alucard the whole time while I'm just like, for the last fucking time, Van Helsing, you have to at least check in a Petri dish first. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening uh, to this spooky Ooh. podcast episode. We'll be back in two weeks with another slightly less spooky episode about the other two videos that uh, we're probably going to put out the next two weeks you know how this goes uh as mentioned uh if you are interested in entering the patreon giveaway or just becoming a patreon patron in general uh we're gonna have that linked in the show notes and if you get that before november 9th there is a chance that you will be one of the 10 lucky winners for the the gold pin 10th anniversary special edition drawing thingy lost track of that sentence midway through um you got there in the end. Good. Yes. Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, it's really about the journey and not the destination. And I think that basically covers our bases. So yeah. until next time, I've been red. I've been blue. <laughs> this has been a very spooky, overly sarcastic Ooh, podcast. How that came out so weak. The scariest thing of all, <laughs> unfocused storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. We'll be back on November 16th with another thrilling installment. But if you miss us before then, check out Overly Sarcastic Productions on YouTube. Got a question for the pod? Head over to Ask OS Pod on Discord for a chance for your question to be featured in a future episode. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron. Links to all that and more can be found in the show notes below.